0: Hello
1: Hello, how are you?
0: We're great. How are you guys doing?
1: We're doing well too. It's so great to see you all. Do you wow. c- I see Darlene <laughs> <laughs> Darlene is very excited about this. She keeps telling us how excited she is. <laughs> um well, we know that. Chris and Nina are the parents, and um, but we would like if the girls could introduce themselves to us and maybe tell us how old you are, and then maybe your favorite hobby or your, your favorite thing to do, something like that, just so we could get to know you a little bit. Sure. Good.
2: I'm going to go first, My name is Kay, and I'm eight years old, and I like to play with my friends.
1: You like to play with your friends. That's great.
2: Uh, I'm Gabby. I'm 12 years old and my favorite thing to do is watercolor. Water
1: polo? Is there a pool there where you can play water polo? No.
0: Watercolor. Is what oh,
1: said. What? <laughs> so is that painting with watercolors?
2: <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. I'm but, sorry. I totally misunderstood. I'm Gracie. I'm 14, and I like to read and write. Oh, you like to
1: read and write. That's that's wonderful. What is your favorite thing to read?
2: Um mysteries and science fiction.
1: Mysteries and what did you say? Science fiction? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's great. I always like science fiction too. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it is so great to have you guys together that we can talk to you. Um, Chris and Nina, do you wanna tell us just a little bit about yourselves and where you were raised and um, what kind of a home you were raised in? Sure,
0: sure. Just once you guys go, okay. you
2: girl's are gonna sneak up. You wanna go ahead first? Um, okay, I was uh, born in the Philippines and my, um, my father died when I was four and my mom remarried. American and then they um, were living in America for a while before I decided to come here because my um, I was too scared to move to America <laughs> from the Philippines. So my grandparents uh, pretty much raised me in uh, the Philippines. But uh, my dad dad, Jim McGliever, first, he and my mom, uh, having little kids, decided they wanted to go to church. And so they visited all the churches they find from Mormon to Jehovah's Witnesses um, to whatever, is under the Sun. But they decided to stay with this Baptist church because they only had one book, and they thought, the others were too confusing.
1: Okay, so so you came to the states and were raised in a Baptist church.
2: Yes, uh, very fundamental KJV only um, Baptist church. I was fourteen when I moved to um, America, and then yeah, and through my parents, I became a believer.
1: Well, that's great. Um, how did you meet Chris and get involved in um, Grace Community Church? Uh, we
2: I went to UCLA, and so I um, had never heard of John MacArthur. And um, I had a... I... As a biology major and very secular and very anti-god. I was a believer, but very, very young believer and um, very, very young age-wise. And so I was scared at UCLA, but by God's providence, I found Grace on campus just walking in the Bruin Walk one day and met these godly young people my age who loved, truly love the Lord. And so um, I was attracted to Grace Community because of them and became really involved in the Bible study. And um, at first, my parents were not uh, excited about me not going to a Baptist. Fundamental Baptist Church, but then when they realized how much I was growing at Grace Church, um, they uh, were just could not be happier um, for me. And I met Chris there at Grace Church. Oh, that's great! That's that's exciting
1: that you you know found a great Bible study there on campus and um, made friends and praise the Lord, that's exciting. Um, Chris, do you want to tell us a little bit about your family background and? Um, sure.
0: Well, let me start by saying that. Uh, I know a lot of you have been praying for my mom,
3: yeah. and we're
2: at, uh,
1: Chris, we're having some problems with, We just got out on
0: Friday, that, um,
1: I'm sorry, we're having some problems where you guys are breaking up pretty often, and so we wanted to ask you, could you turn off your video maybe, and that might make it so that we could hear what you're saying better.
0: Sure, no problem. Hold on one second.
1: Okay, if you want to start again.
0: Sure. Thank Uh, you. First, I wanted just to say that I know a lot of you have been praying for my mom, who... uh, was diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer and we just found out Friday that the chemotherapy that she's going through is uh, having a good effect and her tumors are getting smaller and so just appreciate your prayers and uh, she is going to continue the chemotherapy in fact she had her seventh treatment today but um, just we have been very encouraged by her strong faith and her uh, attitude through the whole thing and she told me uh, when she told me that the Chemotherapy was was effective. That God was in control, whether whether the good report or whether the bad report. So we're just very very thankful for everyone's prayers, and she's aware that many many people have been praying for her, and uh, expresses her appreciation for that. But um, I grew up in a, a Southern Baptist church, and. Uh, professed Christ at a young age, always really understood that I was a sinner and Christ died for my sins and I needed a Savior. And, and so I'm very thankful that, that God worked in my heart at a young age to convince me of those things. And eventually um, kind of had plans and going to research and medical research, but ended up um, out at Master's Seminary instead. Uh, at the time of the uh, yeah, the Rick Hahn was uh, my youth pastor growing up out in Georgia, and he was at Grace Community Church at the time, and so when I, when I really decided God had called me to the ministry, I knew that uh, uh, I really only had one place to go, and had already heard John MacArthur's preaching in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee when I was in high school, and went out there to just be with Rick and study, work he studied, and so uh, worked in the junior high ministry for four years, and then started working in the outreach ministry and, and got to know, like Nina said, uh, Nina there at Grace. And we actually went to on a trip to um, Russia together. Um, and that's how we really got to know each other. So.
1: Well, do you remember Lisa Kim, who was on that Russia yes. trip with you? Do you know exactly. she's, she is the brand new outreach secretary? And she's actually sitting here at the table with me right now.
0: We've heard that, and we're very excited.
3: Yeah, Lisa and I went to UCLA together.
0: Small Yeah,
1: that's great. That we're so thankful to have her here, actually. And do you remember? I think we met at a hotel in Moscow just accidentally. Right. We were yeah. all having breakfast there, and we didn't. We weren't even aware that you were there. I don't think.
0: Well, Kevin, Kevin took us to the circus in Moscow, if I remember correctly.
1: Oh, okay. I think I, I stayed back with my kids or something at that, the hotel.
0: It could be. We had been in. Um, we had been to uh, uh, to Samara, not Samara, to uh, Krasnoyarsk.
3: Yeah, Siberia.
0: Right, and I think you came down from uh, Bryansk to meet us there in Moscow. So.
1: Oh, okay. All right. I yeah. guess we did know you were going to be there. <laughs> <Right. So. laughs> it was more exciting the way I remembered it, but it's okay. <laughs> Okay, so um, when you guys met, you know, were you thinking, oh, you know, we both want to be missionaries, or, you know, what were you thinking, you know, just that you had fallen in love and you didn't have any idea, or how did the Lord lead you <laughs> to Croatia?
0: Well, I, um, I grew up, like I said, in a Southern Baptist church where missions was totally outside the church. I never met a real missionary until I got to college. And missions really wasn't on my mind. I just had seen the missions presentations by the kind of county rep from the different associations of churches. But when I got into college, I got uh, hooked up with a group of uh, charismatic, but they were really, really enthusiastic about missions. And so um, I uh, got Interested in missions through that, initially thought I might just be a layperson working overseas and trying to serve the church overseas. But um, in God's sovereign, uh, sovereignty during that time, Rick Holland was taking a class on charismatic issues at, at the seminary. And we got together at Christmas time, back in Georgia, and he helped me work through those issues uh, that I was facing. And, and that's when I decided to come out to, to the seminary. And so when I got to seminary, I was actually already thinking about going overseas. And one of the first people I ever heard give a presentation uh, was uh, Bob Provost. And he was encouraging people at that time, as you know, uh, to go to the former Soviet Union. So, And and I also studied Russian in college and kind of had a heart for Russia because of that. Yeah. So
3: For me, it was my... Um... My parents were always big missionary supporters, and so they instilled this love for missions for me growing up. And I always thought that that would be a life I want. I would be totally open to, but I also knew that Grace didn't send, or very, very rarely sends um, single women missionaries. And so, and I had no Bible training, so I just was determined to get a Bible training somewhere. Um, But then Chris came into the picture, and he became my ticket to the mission field.
1: <laughs> just kidding. So, Nina, you had ulterior motives. You were just marrying Chris so you
3: could end up on the field somewhere. We see. Say- well, the, one, the first thing that, tra- that he, um, the character that he had was that he loved missions more than I did. And so uh, that was a big plus for me. So do you remember what year it was that you actually were
1: sent out from Grace to go to Croatia?
0: We left in 98. Uh, I had worked in the outreach office for two years and worked with the short-term missions teams. And that's how we really got to know a little bit about Croatia. If you remember, um, the the team had gone out to Kiev and then you guys had gone to Bryansk and... Um, but Mishko Horvatek was just begging for for help uh, to get started with a, uh, a training center here in Croatia, and the and there was the war had just finished, and and they, it, he just felt like it was the right time, and and so the first trip after the war in for independence here in Croatia and Serbia uh, was had gone out, and I think it was just elders that were on that team, and after that we just became more interested in the church planning uh, here in in Croatia and helping Mishko get the training started so uh, the Dicks came first on a visit and then we were already talking about serving together overseas and then when they came back and said hey we're interested then Nina and I came in the fall to visit and we came back and then we found out that the Heatons uh, were already on their way because of course, Sonia was uh, Mishko's and Mira's daughter.
1: So. Well, that's that's exciting. Um, of course, what I remember from that war was it was quite a mess and, um, you know, just very violent and brutal. What was it like when you moved to Croatia after the war? Um, was it easy to adjust to, to life there? And just share with us any difficulties, you know, that you had or you know just tell us what it was like
0: sure well i wouldn't say that the war really affected the area where we live uh, a whole lot there are certainly areas where we you can still drive around today and you see just the the devastation that that caused you still see uh you know uh, pock marks in the facades of houses that were never fixed or never replaced or houses that were totally abandoned and, of course, there's still a lot of political problems with that. But um, what the way that affected our church most of all is Mishko had graduated from seminary and at master's came back and was really excited about starting training, starting uh, church planning. But the war broke out and they were just overwhelmed for probably three or four years with humanitarian aid and distributing humanitarian aid. And and a lot of that happened here in this area, and so many of the initial contacts for the church were was through humanitarian aid, and I think that was one of the challenges we faced was that people were coming to the church to exclusively to have their needs met, uh, to help with this bill or to get food or or whatever uh, they could get, and it wasn't a body. Uh, people are having trouble making that transition. We come to church to worship, you come to church to serve, uh, not just to be served. But uh, in God's grace, we really turned some corners in that whole mentality. And, um, and we have a, a wonderful church, growing church here in, in Krapina. And you know, all of us came together here in Krapina so we could learn the culture, learn the language together. And then eventually the dicks went to another church The Heatons also moved to another church and are now church planting outside of Zagreb. And so that was really kind of our initial plan was to be together, learn the culture, get established, but then also see where God might lead us in different directions, even though we're all still involved in the training ministry that's here in in Krapna.
3: I think for me, the hardest when we came was the weather. We came in the fall or end of summer. And it was the coldest in Croatia in a long time, and I could not get warm, uh, (laughs) no matter how many layers I put on. Uh, But it was, um, we didn't have kids, so it was easy, easier, I guess, you would say. Um, But yeah, Croatia is a beautiful place to live in. We can't complain as far as, I mean, it's very safe, very clean. People are generally polite um, until you start talking about the gospel, but they're they're very um, nice people, and they love. They're very forgiving um, with our broken uh, uh, Croatian. Uh, they're very understanding and helpful when um, when we were learning Croatian, when we are still learning Croatian. So it's really um, it's a great place to minister. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, I tell people all the time this is the greatest country to learn the language in because people are so enthusiastic that you do make an effort and that you do speak the language Uh, but there's also a very high level of English understanding and and literacy and and, uh, ability to speak so you can always communicate if you need to but the challenge of course is that it's a very strong Roman Catholic country uh, and it's a very traditional Roman Catholicism so people are not open to New thoughts—they're not open to hearing anything else. They think everything but the Roman Catholic Church is a sect um, or a cult, and uh, and, so—and—and the town we live in is a very, very traditional, small, traditional town. So, in all that, we faced a lot of challenges, just even kind of not being accepted in the community, but breaking into the community and having relationships in the community. But um, yeah. So, I think that was probably the biggest challenge.
1: Have you seen many people convert from Roman Catholicism to Christianity or start attending your church since you've been there?
0: Well, the church was really just a Bible study when we got here 15 years ago. And now this year we we uh, topped or we, we reached 30 believers. So that's 30 people who are baptized and uh, our first uh, second generation believers uh, the last few years in... Uh, this has been a wonderful year where we added six. We've had six baptisms, and it's the first time in many, many years since our early years that we had more than one baptism uh, at a time, and first time we've ever had two baptisms in the same year. And uh, since we are have been able to purchase our own church building, our church is the only non-Catholic church in the whole county. So there's ninety
3: um, almost all, about a hundred uh, Catholic churches in our county.
0: And we're the only non-Catholic church.
3: So no Mormon, no anything other churches.
0: <laughs> and so we actually had the first baptism, as far as we know, since the Reformation, we here in our county uh, and in our church building. Adult baptism, plenty of plenty of uh, child baptisms, but no adult baptism.
1: Wow, uh, that's incredible! How that's really exciting that you had six this year. Wow. Um, are there other people that attend your church that just haven't been baptized that are still interested in possibly someday being baptized?
0: We have a few that have come regularly for several years that are still trying to uh, really understand or possibly are just hesitating and, and being fully committed to the Lord and, and professing faith uh, in Christ alone and, and making that cut from the culture and from their family and neighborhood
3: there is there is always the fear of being um, ostracized by your family if you believe. So we, I think, for some for some of them, that's a main reason they won't commit. Mm-hmm. So what we, does that yep. mean? There does that mean the family won't even talk
1: to them anymore? Or?
0: It, it could. We know plenty of people, including Mishko and some of our students, who who are kicked out of their homes because of their their faith in Christ. We uh, we have a uh, people who uh, young people who uh because of the pressure or the fear of not ever getting married because who am i going to marry there's the churches are so small uh that's a big issue and even young people going back into the world to be married to get married and because of that never coming back to the church um all those have been issues that we faced just as a really small uh minority in faith but um at the same time, like we say, we we are seeing. We believe there's several people who are believers in our church who are haven't been yet baptized. Uh, we're trying to just really work with a lot of new believers right now. There's a group of men, uh, primarily men, who are coming here from Zagreb, which is almost an hour away, uh, which is unheard of here in Croatia. But it, they're related to some uh, some of our new members and have responded to the gospel and are very enthusiastic and hungry. And so Mishko has been meeting with them regularly and they're witnessing to people at their workplace and seeing them profess Christ. And so it's just a really, really exciting time. I almost hesitate to say it, but it, it, it seems like a time of harvest. So we just rejoice in that because before it's been one soul, two souls, um, one step forward, two steps back sometimes.
1: Yeah, that, that's really exciting. Um, so what is your church like? It sounds very small. Do you guys have really good fellowship with the other members there? Or are there difficulties that, um, you know, we can just pray generally for your church in that way? Or, you know, how are things
0: going? We're very encouraged. It's very slow growth, uh, as you can imagine. Very few resources. Uh, if there There's only maybe we maybe have published twenty good solid Christian books outside of that there may be five or six other good solid Christian books uh, everyone's a first-generation Christian and no one's ever seen Christian what a Christian marriage looks like they've never uh, seen Christian parenting applied and so you can imagine without all the the wonderful resources you have in the states or in, in maybe in other countries as well its growth is just really slow um, and and so because of that, there's lots of immaturity, a lot of a lot of heartache uh, sometimes. But we just need to do a lot of discipleship. People are not don't seek counsel very much, uh, kind of as a cultural th- thing, and so you find a lot of young believers making mistakes that they could have easily avoided had they asked. But it's just not part of the culture. Um, so,
3: but because it is a small church. Um we get to know people really well and so we um, every Sunday we have an open house dinner in our home where people can whoever has no place for dinner they come over so it's uh, it could be from one person to you know six seven people besides our family so it's in that sense we're just always prepared um, to have and it, again because it's a small community we're, we're small church. And these people, um, because some of them have been ostracized by their families, they have no place to go too. So um, like even for holidays, um, we usually have uh, people from our church who have no family here spending it with us. And so so in that sense, we love that aspect of it, being a small church. uh, There's a group of young, there's a big group of young ladies in our church who, um, like Chris mentioned, just nobody to marry, (laughs) and so it's, and they're godly, smart, beautiful young ladies, and there's just nobody out there for them, and, but um, they're very, um, they love the church, and then we're so thankful for that, and we, I get to meet with them once in a while, and they love to craft, they love to, um, their moms are all working moms, and so they're, they ask me to teach their kids how to run the home and, and stuff like that and so we do a lot of fun things um, cooking and whatever um, whatever' is interesting to them. So in that sense we love love that part of our church.
1: Well that's great that's that's wonderful that you have such good relationships there. Um, what about the, uh, the Institute there the Theological Bible Academy? Uh, Maybe you can tell us, you know, how many guys you have enrolled now and how many you've graduated and, um, you know, maybe you could even tell us about what some of them are involved in and things like that.
0: I'd love to. Um, We have our school started in Vienna uh, when uh, during communism in Yugoslavia. And so it was a school where people left, uh, had to leave the country in order to get training and Misha actually graduated from the school. He was one, probably the first graduate, I think. And so before we came, that's what the ministry had primarily been before we came in 1998. And they had, I think, about 21 graduates who were in different parts of Yugoslavia. But also, I think some ended up in um, uh, Czechoslovakia and some other countries as well, where there were Yugoslav communities uh, ended up ministering there. But then we came in 1998 and started the training again. It, they had been doing a little bit of um, extension training, but it was always hard because the pastors are, are typically working full-time in the world as well. Uh, there's very few, then there were almost no uh, full-time pastors, and so it was a huge responsibility for those pastors to, to kind of support and encourage these, these training classes going on in their churches because they were, they were working in factories themselves and so it's just really hard to get traction uh, for that kind of part-time training. We decided what we really needed to do was full-time training for three or four years, bringing in uh, primarily younger guys, but just really uh, devoting ourselves to them, discipling them, uh, full-time study, uh, preparing them for the pastoral ministry, knowing that they may go back and not you know be full-time pastors because they have to work Uh, they have to provide for themselves they some of them have gone back and gotten the same job they had before they came into into our training center and so since we've been doing that here in croatia we have 21 graduates uh, that are from all the former yugoslav countries except for uh, uh well we It's easier to name them. It says we have them in Croatia, of course, in Slovenia, in Serbia, in Bosnia, and we have a current student from Macedonia. We just don't have anybody from Montenegro yet, so we're still praying for Montenegro. Um, But um, 21 graduates, they're all uh, involved in ministry at some level, whether they're youth pastors, whether they're uh, leading specific ministries in the church, or whether they're pastoring the church, and some of them have even— uh, been uh, brought in by the church and, and set apart to uh, minister full-time and, and be supported by the church for that, and so that's really exciting to see because it represents a, a change in the church culture. It's not, a, it's not a church culture that esteems or values pastoral ministry, partly because of a, a bit of a brethren influence where uh, pastors don't uh, deserve to, you know, freely you have received, freely you've given, They've misinterpreted that passage and don't think that a pastor should have the right or freedom to live from the preaching and ministry of the word. And so to see that developing is really exciting. And to see those men faithfully serving, planning churches uh, throughout both Serbia, Slovenia, and and Croatia as well. And then on Friday night, we have uh, something that we've prayed for for years is to restart uh, slowly the, the, the training in the local churches again, and but that God would raise up pastors who are really behind that. And one of our graduates has uh, helped us organize a class in um, one of the areas of Croatia that has the more churches. And we thought maybe we would have initially four to ten people uh, taking this class, but uh it looks like we may have over forty people there on Friday night and Saturday morning to uh take this class. And so we're really excited about that and believe that from that God's gonna raise up pastors and church planners um and and, and work in, in the hearts of uh of the church as well. So that's a real answer to prayer. Very excited about that.
1: So you thought there might be ten people and now you're gonna have forty?
0: We thought we we were we were happy if there was gonna be four. <laughs> Uh, but now uh, let me, let me explain too. Uh, now some of those students, it's the same class that we offer in our full-time class. And so some of those students may take the, do the homework and take the tests and some may not, we're not putting any limits on whether you can come or not, but, um, we may have as many as, as 10 really take the classes and, and, and do all the homework. But, if forty come and listen, we're thrilled with that too i mean we're just we're we're amazed we're over overwhelmed by the response and and thankful
1: well, that's uh, so exciting, yeah, even if they just listen, they might decide they need to take that class the next time, right, or even right. tell exactly. other people i mean, and I'm sure exactly. just listening will have an effect on them that's that's really exciting that's great. So um, is there anything else that you want to share with us about your ministry that I just don't even know enough to ask you, please?
3: <laughs> uh, anything you want to share? Um, we just want to thank you all for um, everything. You guys, like the cards, the girls love those birthday cards that you guys send. That means a lot to them. And um, I also just want to add that um, our girls are... A big part of our ministry.
0: And um, yeah, we're very thankful uh, that we, one of the great privileges, a couple of great privileges of, of being a missionary is is one, it's just a, a great and fun opportunity to get your whole family involved. And so just to see our girls, um, whether it's going on furlough and visiting churches and, and uh, making new friends everywhere we go, or translating for English camp here, or um, witnessing to their friends, whatever it is, it's just really exciting to see how God's working in their hearts and and how much they love being a part of it. But also, I think uh, for us, one of the things that's just really overwhelming uh, constantly for us is uh, we're so thankful for the very strong network of churches, especially at Grace Community Church with its leadership, but so many other wonderful churches that support us and love us and overwhelm us with their prayers and interests. And uh, we go into churches or go into uh, fellowship groups and people immediately ask us specific answers about specific prayer requests. And uh, it's just overwhelming to think how much uh, God's people have invested in in the ministry here and how much they follow it and, and how passionate they are about it, and so <coughs> uh, whether that's in the form of cards, or uh, short-term uh, missions teams that come, or like I said, prayer requests, reading the prayer uh, letters, and and bringing those needs before the Lord, uh, we're just really privileged to be a, a part of what God's doing here, and to to be the recipients of such kindness and, and generosity on the part of God's people.
1: Well, we're thankful for you. We may pray for you here and there, but you are there every day. So, you know, we are very thankful for that desire in your hearts and just, you know, giving up the time with family and friends and, you know, giving up the Southern California weather every winter and (laughs) (laughs) on and on. We're thankful for the sacrifices you guys make and, um, Someone here wanted me to ask about the card ministry, Nina. Do you want to share just a little bit? I know your girls help you in that
3: way as well. Um, yeah. Well, it's um, it's just something I do as a hobby, and God has opened um so many doors through that. And it's um, it's a ministry I do here. Uh, I try to do it every once, once every month or two, and we just lay. I just lay out supplies, and people, the ladies, can invite whoever they want to invite. And it's just a time of just hanging out. You know, it's a great opportunity because when you're working busy with your hand, you know, you tend to be more casual and and people probably tend to talk about more stuff. Um, And and ladies who wouldn't come to church would show up to that. And so we've had um, a great uh, number of teachers because it's a good uh, tool um, that teachers can use, uh, show up, but they won't ever come to church. So it's, it's just been a way to um, get to know the, some ladies in the town and um, and even, I think, just to make them see that we're not that weird. <laughs> we're we're Baptists, and, and maybe I'm sure they think I'm weird because I'm Asian. I'm the only Asian in the whole uh, county, probably, and uh, um, being American. And so there's so many things uh, different about at least our family. And, and so it's good just to open... Our doors—it's usually in my house, and so I get to bake something American, and they like that too. So, uh, God's blessed that uh, ministry, and even through um, getting to know people through uh, Facebook and, and through my cards, and I met another missionary here through my blog. So, it's funny how you're connected because of a hobby you, you both love. So. Well, that's wonderful. So thank you. That's yeah. Some, that some of the ladies uh, there have sent me supplies, so um, if that's you, thank you. <laughs> what a
1: great way to use the talent the Lord has blessed you. Obviously, that that's wonderful. Now, before we don't have a lot of time left, so I want to ask you specifically: How can we pray for you? You were supposed to send me prayer requests, but that's well, I,
0: he did. I sent those about two years, two two hours ago. Oh, so. okay.
1: <laughs> Just, just in time then. Okay, right. um, but you can tell us again now because I don't have them in front of me.
0: <laughs> no problem. Well, uh, like uh, what I what I sent was um, just to pray, oh, thank you, and and praise the Lord with us for uh, the answer to prayer for my mom's uh, uh, cancer treatment, and that's that is an issue. You know, we came here 15 years ago thinking. What if something happens to us? What if something happens to the kids? You know, health issues and things. Now we're facing this uh, different kind of transition, where you're thinking through, wow, what, what about, what is our responsibility toward our our parents and and their needs? And so, uh, obviously, we're we're just thrilled that God is using this means of chemotherapy to help my mom, and that she's handling it so well. And uh, just pray for our wisdom in that. Secondly, to pray for this class that's coming up that we'll just be able to harness this momentum and uh, that God would really use it to strengthen these churches and that it would be done well so that through word of mouth maybe um, we would even add more classes or add other churches that want to do something similar. And um, what's the third thing I said? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, uh all the young believers in our church just need a lot of counseling and discipleship and just pray that, that God would uh, help us to uh, both use our existing members and, uh, we ourselves, especially Mishko and I just to get them, uh, established in their faith in Christ Jesus.
2: Um,
3: if I can add, I pray for our girls that, um, they have expressed faith. Uh, so, uh, it's hard to see when kids grow up in the church um, Truly um, where their heart is uh, Before the Lord And so pray that, that would, uh, Every day would be um, More verified through their um, Life That they truly are uh, believers um, Pray also um, That we will uh, Gracie will be um, Homeschooled next year Pray for me It's my first time to homeschool <laughs> And it's high school Um, I'm, so I, I'm sort of excited, but also scared. So,
0: all right. We have some decisions to make.
3: Yeah, that's,
1: you can, since you'll be back for the missionary conference this summer, you can talk to some of the women here that are experts at homeschooling or maybe other missionary women, probably too, maybe helpful, but. I know you can do it, Nina. I'm, I have confidence. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and pray for you. Looks like we have a few minutes here. And, um, and then we'll, we'll thank you and say goodbye and stuff. And so let's ask the Lord to, to care for you in these ways. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the brackets and um, just for their sacrifices that they make for you each day. We thank you for their love for you and just their faithful service. And we thank you so much for the blessings that you've given them, just the baptisms this year and um, people you know, coming to the church and now the opportunity for this class, Lord. We thank you so much for all of these encouragements, and we pray that you would let this be a great harvest for your glory. Please bring many of these people to know you. We just pray, Lord use them and um, glorify yourself through them. And Lord, we thank you also so much for Chris's mom and how she's doing much better. And um, even though I know that the chemotherapy is very hard and um, she probably has to rest all the time and she's probably uncomfortable, but we thank you, Lord, that it seems to be working and that her tumors are shrinking and that um, she's encouraged about that and Lord we just pray that you would heal her and make her well and um, if that would be your will we pray Lord and um, we thank you that you love her more than we even do and um, we just thank you that you love us all that way and we we can trust you in all things and Lord we pray also for the young believers in their church we pray that you would give them a desire to be counseled and um, be discipled and Help them just to feel comfortable with Chris and Nina also. And I just pray that you would help them to grow to be strong, mature believers that would be able to take up positions of leadership there in that church someday, Lord, we pray. And we pray also for their girls, uh, Katie and um, Gabby and Gracie. And just pray, Lord, that they would come to know you and that they would give their lives to you as well and be faithful servants and um, just bless them as they're living there in another country and um, just have opportunities and I'm sure they're a real encouragement to others and a blessing too and we just pray also for Nina as next year Gracie is going to be homeschooling in high school and we just pray that you would give her the wisdom that she would need Lord to do a good job helping her daughter to learn those things she needs to learn and um, I just pray that you would give her wisdom and what resources to purchase and just in how to be holding her daughter accountable to learning, Lord, we pray. and Just thank you once again for Chris and Nina and their service to you. We just pray that you would bless them, Lord, continuously. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been such a blessing to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for making time to be with us. Um I'm going to let anybody who wants to come say hi, say hi right now. So Hi. Hi hey. Anne.
0: <laughs> Hello. Thank you all for all that you do and thank you for your prayers and for your uh, for your cards and and all your kindness. Please uh, especially greet Dolores for us. Um uh, and uh, I Hey, Lisa. And also, please greet Kevin and, and everyone there for us. We we love you, and we love Grace Community Church, and just can't wait to be there as a part of the, the missions conference. We talk about it all the time. So
1: We love you guys, and we can't wait to have you here. It's going to be a big party. So <laughs> just take care of yourselves and get here this summer.
0: <laughs> all right. Sounds great.
1: Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Love you guys. Bye.
0: Bye.